Dog Pound, what's up? It's JJ3 here, newest member of the Browns family. I can't tell y'all how excited I am to get to a city that loves their team, loyal fans, great organization, great culture, winning culture, a team that's ready to turn the corner. So I'm going to get to Cleveland, get to work immediately. I'm looking forward to everything. Go dogs. <laughs> Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Uh, big shout out to John Johnson III for doing that intro for us. Uh, now we're just playing. He didn't do that specifically <laughs> for us. He did uh, that for the fans, though. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, already one so of my I favorite players. Did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Already one of my favorite players. Uh, if you do want to get an intro on the show or you just uh, some thoughts on the show, drop us a voicemail at www.thedogspodcast.com. Click the link below. Just record into your computer or phone. Leave us some thoughts. Leave us a, a, an intro. If you do want to do an intro, just say your name and where you're from, and we'll get it on the show. Uh, Brown's had a busy week in free agency, but before we get into that, I have to remind you to check us out on Facebook. Please share the video, Instagram, and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube as well as tap that notification bell so you know when we upload new videos. If you prefer to just listen to our show, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google. Uh, drop us a five-star review. Maybe leave us a, a written review. We like to hear that kind of stuff. And then lastly, we'd like to give a big shout-out to Manscaped for sponsoring today's show. What's up, Browns fans? Even though it's the offseason, our Cleveland Browns are always looking to make improvements. Case in point, last season with the addition of Jack Conklin to the O-line to protect Baker from pressure. Baker doesn't have to worry about pressure anymore, but I'm sure he cares about a different kind of sack these days. Manscaped <laughs> is the leader in below-the-waist grooming to your privates. Don't worry about nicks and cuts. Don't worry about tripping over cords. These products are designed to enhance your grooming needs. I'm sure Blake has an incredible stat about uh, shaving your first lieutenant. Yeah, 85% of partners prefer a man who is groomed below the waist. That, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't so know we were going a partner, there. Groom below the waist. Awesome. Okay, so uh, go ahead and uh, pick up that lawnmower 3.0 or the Perfect Package 3.0 and use the promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 20% off your order and free shipping. Your balls and your significant other will thank you. Order your Perfect Package today, 3.0, and flaunt your Nick Chubb. For the record, <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb did not endorse this. Uh, so... <laughs> Just throwing that out there, but I'm probably sure they would have if uh, I would have reached out to them. So, right, I completely agree. They're fans of the show, absolutely. <laughs> I think we've proven that in the past that Baker is definitely a listener. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that at 4 a.m. this morning, guys. <laughs> Very nice. Free agency signings. So he's worried about a different kind of sack these days, huh? That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. Well, as you heard, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some free agency signings. We heard at the top of the show from, you know, probably the biggest splash move the Browns have made so far this uh, offseason, John Johnson III. Browns have had a super busy free agency uh, so far. By all accounts, it's been a home run. And I think the biggest signing of that class is easily John Johnson's safety from the Rams. Uh, was seen by most teams as the top safety on the free agent market this year. Um, all around stud. And I love, he's, a, he's already one of my favorite Browns players. I agree. Like, Jersey and take my money already. If they had already had, I literally checked NFL shop just to see if they would just put out that Jersey already. Obviously they're going to wait for the, uh, you know, whether it's going to be the throwbacks of the 75s, we'll see what happens. But 
this guy's a leader. Yeah, I, I like what I've been reading about him and just the fact that he said that coming to Cleveland was a no-brainer for him. Now, I mean, how many top free agent defensive players would have said that in years past? It took less money. That's that's the thing I wanted to talk about. This I've talked about in the past, however, if the Browns wanted to attract good free agents, we would probably have to overpay them because, you know, who wants to come to Cleveland other than for a big fat paycheck? And now we got guys saying it's an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. They're, they're willing to take less money. They just they couldn't see themselves on going anywhere else. I mean, talk about a complete 180 in culture shift from even two years ago. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Andrew Barry. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Barry. Yes. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so he was a 2017 uh, draft pick, third round. Um, in three of his four seasons, he played all 16 games for the Rams. That's a plus, you know, from That's what a- we're – what we're dealing with in Cleveland right now, you know, having that stability uh, is something that we've been, you know, really wanting, and not just from like veteran players. You know, you're getting this guy; he's still kind, of, he's still young. You know, he's young, uh, twenty five. Yep. Yeah, led their led their team in tackles last year at the safety position. Once it came out that he was going to be a free agent, and he was one of the top guys out there in the secondary uh, field um, to go out and get. And I just I love the fact that he was the play caller too. I was gonna yes. yep, yeah, I was gonna touch on I, that. I love good. I love the fact that he was the play caller because last year we were kind of questioning you know who was gonna step up into that role after you know Showbert had gone and he was yep. the guy who did that for a number of years. So yep. getting this guy in who's smart enough that understands the game. I mean he played on the top defense last year. That's what yep. I was gonna say. It's it's not like he you know was a stat stuffer playing on a bad defense. You know somebody had to make the tackles. This dude played on a defense with Jalen Ramsey, Chor Hill, uh, Aaron Donald. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, this, you know, and he was one of the best defensive players on that team, on a team that had the best defense in the league. Right. I mean, talk talk about a steal and a home run to, by Andrew Barry. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, was, I was looking at it and said the Pro Football Focus had him rated as the number three safety yes. last year in the NFL with an 85.3 grade, and he was number four in run defense. So Nate Zagura dropped a crazy, crazy stat too. In his entire career, the guy's only got two penalty flags against him. Seriously? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. That's a I, I couldn't believe. Like I literally was watching and I was just like, what? <laughs> what? I've when, seen back-to-back plays from the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. When uh, we first signed him, everything you heard was he's one of the top coverage safeties in the league. And then all of a sudden, then you start hearing like, well, he also led them in tackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I feel like the Browns – secondary this past season was and you know just defense in general full of people who were very suspect at tackling at times you know like not and just not covering look guys, at you putting you know, it nicely yeah, yeah not not great not great at tackling and this dude comes in he had 105 tackles last year from the safety position right and then like how he said you know he's played all 16 games um three of the four seasons he's one of the four nfl safeties to play 100 percent of his team's defensive snaps last year so, you know, that's a huge upgrade for us. He had an 85.3 grade on pro football focus, which ranked him third amongst um, all safeties in the NFL. Um, interesting kind of quote about him that I saw from uh, former Pro Bowl cornerback Aqib Talib said, he's one of the best tackling guys I've ever played with, period. Aqib Talib. Regarding, regarding yep. of position, just period. He's one of the best tackling guys I've ever played with. And he's played with a few. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited about this this pickup and you know we, we've just been talking about him you know individually as the player we haven't even talked about just the fact that the boost he's going to give to the browns defense by what we can do now with him a healthy delpit 
you know, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. And Ronnie Har- Ronnie Harrison's a stud. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he is. So there's, I mean, we have, we're, Joe Woods wants to play that three safety, you know, defense. And I actually wrote that down. He he said he wants to play big nickel, which is five DBs, and dime, which is six DBs, and both utilize three safeties on the field at once. Yeah, and they got to yeah. be able to tackle. Yes, you know, because you're if you're doing that, you're going to have either you know, fewer linebackers. Yeah. Yep, you're going to have fewer linebackers. Possibly, you, you know, you're only going to play with maybe three down linemen. There's going to be less beef on the field, so your safety's got to be able to tackle. And all three of those guys have Pro Bowl ability. I don't know, like, how you guys feel about this, but, like, for me, free agency is like, man, we have a big issue on our team. Let's go fix that, right? Who's the biggest issue on our team from last year on the defense? Anderson Sandejo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and Andrew Sandejo. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've been up all night, too. Uh, um, yeah, so, uh, but for real, what an improvement. You go, yeah. you, you literally go get the guy that, I mean, a lot of teams wanted. I, some of the the offers that were getting thrown his way, three, four million, then uh, on top of what we ended up signing him for. It's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. go ahead, Josh. I was just say, let's just say real quick, it's a three year deal, thirty three point seven five million dollar yep. deal. Um, and just just to, so everybody kind of gets a visual, he's six feet two ten, and like I said, he's twenty five years old. Right. So he's literally in the he's entering he's his prime. En- exactly, he's coming yeah. right into that prime. So as good as he's been already as a rookie. And on his rookie deal, we haven't seen the best of him yet. No, and I think I, I saw a thing on, I think it was uh, Daryl Reuter on Twitter or something. He said, you're seeing a trend with Andrew Barry's philosophy in free agency in the last you know two, two years now. It's guys who were highly productive going into their second deal. So, you know, we're right. not overpaying for old guys, and we're not throwing tons of money at unproven people. We're, we're identifying needs, and then we're identifying players that we've seen be productive in that role. And then we're getting them for good value. You look at some of the, and we can talk later maybe about some of the edge rushers that we didn't sign or maybe didn't even really pursue that much. And you see what they did go for or where they signed and what they spent for them. We weren't going to do that. No, you, you can just tell. You can look at the numbers and say, Browns weren't going to do that. I, I think the fact that we haven't addressed edge rusher, other than Tack McKinley, but you know we haven't addressed premier edge rusher tells me that that's what we're taking in the draft. That's what that tells me. And we're going to try to get a premier edge rusher for, you know, uh, on a rookie salary. Because, you know, as Zach was talking before the show, two years from now, we got a lot of people we got to pay. Yeah. So you, you can't go sign Bud Dupree for, you know, what did he get, like 10, 12 million a year or something yeah, crazy? Yeah, something like that. I can, I can look it up. So yeah. we, we didn't have, we can't do that because, you know, we have other guys we got to pay. So Andrew Barry's just, it's almost like he's playing checkers. Or chess, chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, and a big thing going into this year, I think this is kind of a prove-it year for our defensive coordinator, Joe Woods. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah. that wanted him gone at the end of the year. They blamed a lot of our losses and struggles on our defensive side, which, you know, fair to say, you know, that's where we struggle. Mm-hmm. Offensively, we did great. That's what won us games, not our defense. Um, but, you know, kind of looking at it now and sitting back and like, okay, we're bringing some of these guys in. Let's see what he can kind of do with, you know, bringing in his own talent rather yep. than just being like, hey, you're going to coach this team with and Andrews and Deo yeah. as yeah, your safety. We're going to throw, we're going to put all the effort into the offense and we're going to ask you to polish this turd over here. And you better, <laughs> and you, 
it better be good. Yeah. Right, right. So I think that, you know, I, I mean, I was one of his critics, you know, at the end of the year too. So yeah. I, I'm interested to see what he can do with, and we're going to dive into some of these other players that we brought in. Now you're kind of starting to see we're getting some playmakers on that side of the ball. Yeah, I was, real quick, back to Bud Dupree's roughly 15, 16 and a half. Uh, wow. Yeah, million that's a lot. That's expensive. Yeah, we just, we weren't going to do that. No, absolutely not. Not when we paid Miles Garrett all that money <laughs> on the other side. Yep. Yeah, so, so, but home run by Andrew Barry. Um, and like you said, we, we're giving Joe Woods the tools and the players that fit the system that he was brought in to run. And now it's his time to prove, okay, I am the guy to do this job. Because there's no, as long as all these guys are healthy, you know, again, knock on wood, he's got no no excuses for the defense right now. No, and, and I'm sorry if, if this is repeating anything you guys said while I was looking up that stat there, but one thing I did see, too, that I really liked about JJ3 is he plays both strong safety and free safety. So running those three safety sets, I mean, if you got a guy that, you know, say an injury happens or your guy needs a spell in, in a game, moving back to free, moving up to, you know, strong, it doesn't matter. He can – He's, he's versatile. I think you could make the argument going into this offseason that between safety and the cornerback position, those were our two weakest areas. Oh, yeah. Our defensive backfield was Terrible. horrendous last year. Yeah. And, I mean, just on paper, when you're looking at the rosters now, you can go, if health, you know, plays out right, man, we're very young, we're very explosive, and it's not like, oh, hey, we can't play man coverage or anything anymore, like, these guys can cover some people. Yeah, and, you know, we're going to get into the other guys that we signed. You know, this guy has the ability to be a pro bowler. We signed a lot of guys then after this. You know, I kept waiting. When's that second big splash signing coming? Uh-huh. And it never. we never signed that guy that made me go, oh, crap, I can't believe we just got that guy. But you can't have pro bowlers at every single position. Right. You know, you got to right. you, you got to have your you got to have your studs, a couple of your studs on both sides of the ball, and then you got to have really solid role players. And I think that's what uh what the Browns have done. And I'll kind of transition to that into the next guy we signed, another Rams player. We went out and bolstered the secondary some more with cornerback Troy Hill. This guy, he he's what I would call he's just like a, a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. Three touchdowns last year. He had uh, three picks. He returned two of them for touchdowns, forced a fumble, returned it for a touchdown. I think I saw he's one of only uh, a, a handful of defensive players last year that had three touchdowns. I, I mean, to get one touchdown yeah, is difficult. Right. It just doesn't happen that much. So it's, it's a pretty impressive stat. Yeah. My, my biggest thing with him, and we were talking about the contract, the contract's great. Well, well, okay, yeah, so, so new details came out about the contract. Originally, I think it was reported as like, what was it, a four-year, $28 million That's, deal yeah. or something like that? I saw six, something so like six a year. It's a two-year deal. The last two years are voidable at the end of the contract. So it's a total of $9 million with a chance to bump up to ten. So basically, they said there's $4, four million guaranteed at signing. So he's going to make about $4.5 million a year for the next two years. Yep. That is very good bargain money for... One of somebody who has been touted as one of the better slot corners yep. in the NFL. Great value, and look at our look at our position group. There we have greedy. That I mean, I know he's cleared, but how? I mean, are you guys confident that he's going to be okay next year? I don't know. Zero confidence. Denzel. I, I mean, yeah. obviously, like he's a stud, but he misses some games every year. You know, it's just kind of his track record, and it's nothing against him. I mean, the guy lays the wood of every play, so. We we definitely need corner help because especially with uh, money money Mitch is gone. Yep. yep. Um. So who who are the you know Kevin Johnson's gone. Yep. 
So we got Denzel. You got Greedy. I don't know if I can tell you another corner on the roster. We saw MJ Stewart. MJ, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we definitely need corner help. Again, I think we go corner in the draft at some point. Oh, yeah. I um, think so. But you, if you look at what teams are doing these days, so your slot guys used to be your Wes Welkers. You know, these these small little yeah. nifty route yeah. runners. You know, if you look now, though, teams are putting Mike Evans goes to the slot. You know, Odell plays in the slot. You know, they're they're putting their their best they're moving their best receivers. They do around. a lot of those move tight ends into the slot. Yeah, they're they're putting their best playmakers in the slot because typically if you're in the slot, you either got a safety or a linebacker trying to cover them. And you know, so put a linebacker on Odell and see what happens. Look at uh, Alabama in the national championship game against Ohio oh, State man. when they put um, Smith. They just kept putting them in the slot, and Ohio State's got Pete Warner chasing them down the field. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to get a slot corner that can that can cover people, you you got to have a good slot corner these days because yep. you're not you're not just going up against you know these little, small little nifty route runners. You're going up against explosive playmakers in that slot position now. Yep, yep. So Troy Hill is 30 years old, 5'11", 183. Um, and like I said, for a two-year deal for a 30-year-old cornerback, I mean, whenever I originally saw the four-year deal, I'm like, what are they doing signing a four-year deal? This guy's old, older. But okay, so the contract is actually pretty good for him. And I mean, we got an experienced, reliable, you know, talented slot cornerback at a very reasonable price. The guy's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he's yep. played on... The Rams defense was like the best defense in the league this past season, and the year they went to the Super Bowl, it was an amazing defense. Well, now we we pair him with John Johnson. Yep, who played together yes. for years. So this is, I think, this is just great. No, it's it's another A plus move by Andrew Barry. I think, and it's almost I don't want to say the Browns are moving under the radar, but you got like the Patriots out there signing literally every other every free tight agent. end that's every, available. You, know I mean? yeah. Yeah. you got these people spending big money on guys. And then the Browns are just kind of flying under the radar with these super smart, good for the team deals that fill huge positions in need, and it, we're sneaky good on defense right now. Like like Justin said, on paper with full health, yes, we are. We absolutely are, and I, mean, I love it. There's still holes to fill. Don't get me wrong. We still we still got to fill in some depth. We still I still want an edge rusher. I still want another corner. But as we sit today, we are so much better on defense than we were this past season. Yeah, so one thing, one knock on Troy Hill that I was reading, they say he's not a great tackler. So in 2020, this past season, he had he made 77 tackles, but he got charged with 18 missed tackles. Mac Wilson had that in a game. <laughs> <laughs> but but kind of like what we're talking about with the slot corner, it's a lot more of the coverage aspect of things rather than, I mean, you got to be able to make tackles. And he did. He yeah. also missed some. But if you can cover, yeah, I mean, if you can cover well, then you don't need to tackle the guy. I mean, we're going to have three safeties on the field that, should be good tacklers. Yeah. You know, Del- Delpa, I know in 2019, struggled a little bit, but in 2018, dude, the guy can tackle when he yeah. doesn't have, a, not playing on a broken ankle. Ronnie Harrison's all over the field, and we already talked about John Johnson led the team in tackles. So, you know, everybody's got to have strengths and weaknesses. We need this guy's strength to, to cover. I mean, Cincinnati's got good receiving core. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh's definitely on the downs. They but still got some receivers. They, but they got, yeah, they got, they got receivers. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, and then no receiver wants to go play for the Ravens. So. No. But, <laughs> you, know, he didn't. you know. He turned him down. Yeah. So. So there was, okay, so real quick, one other thing, um, and I don't think it's a major concern at all, but they said he was suspended early in his career 
for uh, violating the substance abuse policy. I didn't dig into that to see what it was. If it was, you know, and that if I had to guess, it was probably pot. Yeah, which they don't even test for either it. that yeah. or it was it was some sort of performance enhancer that. Oops, I didn't realize it was going to show up. Whatever it might have or been. Or performance but enhancing ampot. Who, you know? <laughs> either way, either hey, way, nothing. He's young. He he's, was young. He's, he's had nothing since then. Yeah. So he's just been nothing but a competent, reliable, talented slot cornerback. And he's originally from Youngstown. That's yeah, awesome. They, they said he reps a 3 3 0 tattoo. So, Troy Hill, welcome home. Yeah. All right. We're, we're glad Happy to have, have you, you, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on the show. <laughs> we'll talk about that pot suspension. <laughs> but so that you know, that's the uh, the two players from the Rams we signed addressing the secondary. Uh, another big guy we signed from you know who I could see as being an AFC rival. They're a rival of the show, the Colts. Yes. You know we know Zach. Yeah. You know Colts fans hate Zach. Right. You know, but we go and we sign middle linebacker Anthony Walker. From the Colts and Darius Leonard's gonna have an aneurysm. <laughs> all of his teammates, you know, dude. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? All of his teammates were. Yeah, this guy's stuff. just got to be. A, I mean, everything you hear about him, great locker room guy. Yep. You know, all kinds of his teammates saying you never, you'll never understand the effect that that guy has just on somebody else. So I mean, great get. You know, great tackler. We just talked yeah. about. You know that that was a big thing that we were missing last year. We get to bring this guy in, and he just fills a void at the linebacker linebacker position that we were missing all year long. Yeah. I also like last year played 16 games. Year before yep. played 16 games. Mm-hmm. Year before played 15 games. Yeah. The dude plays almost every single game. Yep. And pretty much 100, over 100. Like, obviously, he was in 92 tackles last year, but over 100 for – yeah, one oh yeah, one oh five in two uh, two thousand eighteen, yeah. one twenty four in two thousand nineteen, ninety two last year. The, so the dudes are tackling. I say I got the total of three forty three, three hundred forty three tackles, nineteen tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, and three picks in his in his starting years, three starting years. Been nice to have that last year. Yeah, I mean, and I think you know what's really nice about this uh, free agent signing is we at least know that we have a good linebacker going into the season where last year we were like, well, I don't know who we're going to play at linebacker. Hopefully Mac Wilson's the guy who steps up this year, (laughs) you know, or Sione Taki Taki is going to be the guy who really steps up for us. No, this guy, we have a a competent, legit NFL quality starting linebacker day one training camp. Mm -hmm. One of of the interesting things I saw about uh, his season last year in the game that the Browns played against the Colts, he was actually the, one, the guy, the linebacker that picked off Baker. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I was going to say, you guys mentioned about Darius Leonard. He said that Cleveland is gaining a dog, and that is D A W G dog, yes. which we like on yes. the show. Right? Thanks for the shout out, Darius. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> he must so, be a listener too. Maybe that was him on YouTube. Ghost you know? account. His ghost account. Yeah. 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 Calling out Zach. Frank, right. Frank Reich, head coach for the Colts, who, you know, he's widely respected around the league. I think he's yes. a really good head coach, and he said that Walker is super intelligent. And then if he decides ever in his future to pursue a coaching career, and he was like, this guy is an NFL-made head coach. He said he, he will be an NFL head coach. So that tells me that this guy is pretty damn smart. You know what I mean? And Stefanski even said, quote, he can be a quarterback for the defense out there, really intelligent, heady player. So, and, I mean, these are two really good head coaches touting this guy as a leader and a smart leader on the field. And we talked about this before, you know, free agency started. We said – this team needs to infuse some veteran leadership into these important roles. Yeah. And these first three guys we've talked about are all considered, you know, John Johnson called plays for the defense on the Rams. This guy, 
you know, best player on the, the, the Colts is, you know, throwing a fit about him leaving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just they're leaders. They're not, they're not just really good football players, but they're the kind of guys that can show a young locker room what it takes to get to that next level, the, the kind of work you have to put in to go from a good football team to a great football team. That's what I really like about – I mean, I like the Troy Hill signing. Oh, and by the way, his suspension was for a DUI. Okay. So oh. no, no pot, no potty, just right. a little too much to drink, whatever. You know, no big deal. It happens to everybody here. Right. Who hasn't uh, had one of those? <laughs> <laughs> I have, for the record, I have, do not have one of those. Yeah, yeah, yes, I don't. Um, so, you know, one of the things I like is he's just, he's not your, uh, you know, a coverage linebacker, you know, that type of a skill set, you know. He's a run stuffer that – and. That's what I really want to see at that linebacker position with it. What we're going to throw out there on defense this year, we need some guy who's just going to be able to go up there, fill the hole, and make a tackle mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage. Not this, you know, the running back gets five yards downfield before a linebacker, you know, gets to him. And, uh, you know, we were kind of same, – same thing with the Joe Woods, you know, scheme last year who he had to, you know, throw out there and who he had to roll with. Interesting to see what he can do with this guy. And, you know, Barry talked about it on our show last week with the defensive scheme. The Browns are, you know, they're going to want to run this year. We we might only have one linebacker on the field. Yeah. You know, For if, sometimes, if, yeah. yeah, if we're running three safeties, mm-hmm. you're going to, you need that linebacker to be able to stop the run. Well, you know, so his coverage, you know, would it be great if he was an elite coverage guy and a crazy good run blocker? Yeah. That, okay, cool. That'd be awesome. We'd already have to pay him like 50 million <laughs> yeah. a year, though. Yeah. But, if he's my only linebacker on the field and then standing next to him is going to be a, a safety, the safety can cover the people. Right. You know what I mean? We need somebody who can help stuff the run because the the run defense on paper, I think last year wasn't as bad as what it was because people could just throw all over us. But if you watch Browns games, you knew it was whatever teams wanted to do, they <laughs> could do. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. it's just, it turns out it's quicker and easier just to throw for touchdowns than it is to run for them. Yeah. With, with the growth and development of Jacob Phillips behind this guy. And then you, we, uh, we brought back Malcolm Smith. Yep. So you've got those guys. And then, like you said, with Taki Taki, and you know, if Mac Wilson kind of get out of his deal and, and start living up to the potential that he has, all of a sudden the linebacking core, I mean, whenever you're prioritizing your defensive backfield and your defensive line, now that linebacking core doesn't look so bad. No, and, you know, Darius Leonard said you don't know what kind of impact a guy like Anthony Walker can have on that locker room. Uh-huh. So this guy could have a huge impact in Mac Wilson and Taki Taki's development as players. Yeah. Well, Kel- what was his name? Kellen Moore? Was that the, the cornerback for the Colts, I think is his name? He said the same thing. He said the same thing about the impact that Anthony Walker made on him as a player. Yeah. It's like, well, that is – Th- those aren't stats that you can pull out. You know what I mean? From no, those are intangibles. Focus. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are intangibles. That's the kind of, that's why, you know, analytics are important, but also things like coachability of being a good locker room person. Those things are also super important. Yeah. And if this guy can get the best out of Taki Taki and Mac Wilson, that, that sets up our future now. Absolutely. Because, you know, it does. A couple years down the road, we got to pay some people. You know, so if we can if we can get these linebackers, these young linebackers we have on the roster now to be good, then we can focus money other places to pay some of these people. That's huge. Well, not only that, but think about what what linebacker we might draft in the third or fourth round that has good potential that comes in here, and now all of a sudden he's learning how to play and be a pro from Anthony Walker, yep. who's still I mean, he's twenty five years old. He's a young guy. He's coming off his rookie deal too, but another guy going into their second contract. Yes. Yep. Which, so did we talk about the contract? So one year, three and a half million dollars that we signed him to. So 
to me, that kind of says it's like a prove it contract. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like this guy's got the capability to definitely prove it. Yep. I agree. I, I see him having a, a huge impact. <clears throat> Even if we only have him for this year, it, it almost, you got the sense like we're going to feel his impact for the next five. You know what yeah. I mean? So, an, again, another home run by Andrew Barry. Yeah, yep. I definitely Agreed. think so. Another home run. And then we had one more defensive signing, a guy that, to be honest, I didn't even really know uh, who he was. Two more defensive signings. I'm sorry. We had one late yesterday. Uh, yeah. But Tack McKinley, uh, DN from the Raiders, previously with – he was drafted, I think, first round by the Falcons. Pick 26 in 2017. So that's yep. – you know, I know he's kind of bounced around – but it to, if you were picked in the first round, there's first-round talent there somewhere. Somebody evaluated you high enough to take you in the first round. There's something there. So now it's just on this coaching staff to get it out of them. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, his first two years in the NFL, he had, you know, he was showing why he was a first-round pick. Um, you know, he's appeared in 49 games total, has 17 and a half sacks, 79 tackles, 22 of those for a loss and 45 QB hits. Um, he's a six foot two, two sixty five. He's only twenty five, and his reason he went in the first round, he ran a four five nine forty, and you know coming into the draft last year, if it, it, that would have been last year, he'd have been the fastest guy in the draft at that position. So he's just a big sprinter off the edge, you know, to get after the quarterback. Something to go along with that forty time too, and all those those numbers. Like they said that his transition from speed into power, yes, is is, is good. Which is, I mean, that's what you need out of your edge rushers. Yes, 100%. And, you know, in a league that tends, you're getting these more mobile quarterbacks, the pockets are moving, you got to have some guys out there that are quick enough to run somebody down from behind or at least make them feel the pressure that they got to get rid of the ball. Otherwise, they're going to dance around and your cornerbacks don't stand a chance that they got to play coverage for 10 seconds. Yeah, look at the the quarterbacks just in our division. Joe Burrow is way more athletic than... Anybody wants to give him credit for. Yeah, that dude dude is... He can move. Yes. You know, and obviously Lamar Jackson is the most athletic quarterback in the league. Right. So, you know, obviously the Steelers... It's like he was, he, he was like, like a couple of years ago. He was very hard to tackle. He's, right. he's basically like a tackling dummy back there now. He's going to get the bag. Yeah, you know, you're going to have to face Lamar Jackson twice a year, and you got to face Joe Burrow twice a year. Those are guys that can move around. They can manipulate the pocket. And Lamar Jackson has proven he literally doesn't have to be good at throwing to still be the MVP of the league. Right, and kind of uh, we've touched on it. You know, some of the schemes Joe Woods, you know, having multiple defensive backs having multiple safeties. I'm hoping that we kind of see some more blitzing happening, you know, and a guy like this that's fast off the edge. I mean, he's just going to have, you know, depending on, he can play both sides of the ball, you know, or he can play the right side, left side. That tackle has got to, you know, he's got to be perfect. Otherwise this guy is going to get by him. And then now you got to think, oh, now I got this safety or this cornerback that's blitzing as well. So I think that this is a very uh, strategic pickup. They got it not very. It wasn't that expensive. They get a you know a talented ex first round pick you know for a DN. Um, just hoping that it works out because it kind of seems like his l- last two years he's kind of been like almost. Do I even want to be in the NFL to anymore? And that's what he kind of said in one of his press conferences was, "I got to show that I still want to play this game." His his. Pr- Press conference impressed me because you sent the one video of him when he was on the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. And it was not an impressive interview. Right. Um, but then it almost seems like like he's grown up, you know, a little bit. And, you know, he showed up, suited up. And he just said things like, you know, 
if I, I want to be in the NFL, I got to show that I want to be in the NFL. I got, you know, I got to prove it. I got to go out there and I got to put the work in. And this is the kind of player that you put on a defense like the Browns have now with these veteran leadership, you know, Miles, uh, Anthony Walker, John Johnson, uh, and then he can flourish, you know, because he, you know, he's got some leadership around him, showing him how to prepare, show him what it takes. And, you know, he doesn't have to be, you know, the guy he was taken in the first round. The Falcons expected him to be their miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't have to do that now. Cause we have miles Garrett. Right. I don't think Andrew Barry signed him either to be that every down guy across from. No, miles. This, is, this, this is a Claiborne. Is a, this is a Claiborne. Claiborne. Yep. 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 So, so I think but it's a Claiborne replacement with serious upside. If this guy oh, somehow yeah grows into that potential that he was drafted to be. I mean, holy crap, did we ever get a deal here? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he's played in 49 games. He's got 45 QB hits. So, so at one, least once a game, he's getting to the quarterback. Say he had, he's, put, he's pressuring the quarterback. Eight sacks in his rookie year counting the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, they said he only had two sacks in his last 27 games, and he only played four games last year. So Before last year, though, he played 16, 15, and 14. Yeah, it, you know, you know I mean? he bounced yeah. he bounced around a lot last year. One of the biggest things that, you know, they've had their eye on this guy for a while. They've tried to claim him three different times off yep. waivers last season. Okay, they tried to Atlanta decided they I think they picked up his option, then they waived him after a few games and then uh it was 49ers were next next up. They tried to pick him up, then Cincinnati went and they picked him up and then the Raiders picked him up. But every single time he went on waivers, the Browns were trying to get this guy. And I, I think he said that we tried to trade for him. Yeah, so I think, yes. Well, that's yes. interesting because Andrew Barry also said that Tack McKinley was in consideration with the 12th pick in that 2017 draft the Browns had that we traded to Houston and they took Deshaun Watson, but we were kicking the tires on uh, drafting McKinley then. Well, that sounds about right. So to me, yeah. <laughs> so to me, th- this seems like a guy, especially the way he came in uh, and he had that good rookie season. It almost seems to me it's more mental than physical. It is. It's clearly I read. A, I read an article from his. You know something he said that he has dealt with some mental health issues over the last you know few years, and he's just been trying to deal with some struggles and things. Which I'm telling you guys, when you're coming into the NFL as a 21 year old and you're getting drafted in the first round and you were the best player on your high school team and you were the best player on your college team, you think the world is yours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, I, I shouldn't say everybody, but it, I can see where that can happen. Then all of a sudden you get into the league and it's like, whoa, it's not it's a easy. little bit bigger than I thought it yeah, was. These guys are all real good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that in the, I don't think you can quantify how much pressure there is to be a first-round pick. Yes, it's great. Yeah, I was picked in the first round. I'm going to get a big signing bonus, make a ton of money. But there is so much more expected of you if you're taken in that first round. So that's what I like about this. You bring him in, and now he can sit there. He's 25 as well. So he can sit there, and he can kind of talk to uh, Anthony Walker, John Johnson. Baker Mayfield is the number one overall pick. Miles Garrett was the number one overall pick. Let's talk to you about pressure that we've all dealt with and how we're overcoming this to be successful. Now, this yep. Sheldon Richardson, he's still on this team, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a veteran yes. D lineman, you know, that that can help guide this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, so I, is the I'm next excited. guy we talk about. Yeah, you yeah. get this guy right, you get this guy mentally right, and, you know, he could be a sky's the limit. Mate. I mean, I know that we said we don't think that we brought him in to be an every down guy, but I could, I, I, I could very well see this flourishing into a position where we're like, Man, where's you know we're wondering why he's not on the field at like time. Yeah. yeah, or how did we get this guy? Yeah, you know, like I a very high reward, low risk for the Browns. Yep. Oh yeah, 
Yes. Coach said, uh, skilled young player with tremendous upside. So you, they, it's a, it's on him to turn that upside into productivity. Well, and what Stefanski was able to do with this team last year, virtually, without being in person with his team and getting everybody to buy into this and, and being a playoff team and yep. winning a playoff game after all these years of suckage. <laughs> I tell you what, if someone's going to turn around Tack McKinley's career, it's here in Cleveland because these guys, we've obviously wanted him for a while. Yep. And, and that is another thing I think that people don't think. It's nice to be wanted. He said that. You know what I mean? So he, as he, it's when you're getting tossed around, you know, the Falcons, obviously, they, the Falcons gave up on him. You know, you know, probably his fault, you know, mentally wasn't there. But then he starts getting tossed around from team, then tossed around from team. And he's like, you know, is this even worth it? So just mm-hmm. the feeling of this team wanted me already, he's buying in. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. I mean, that's, you're right, Blake. I think that makes a huge impact on your on the psyche of a player is to be wanted. It makes a big impact on any human being. I mean, really, when you're working somewhere and you're like, wow, these people actually want me here. Yeah. Makes a difference. But, and then the Browns, you know, late yesterday did have, um, you know, one more late signing I threw on here. Signed Malik Jackson. I didn't even know this was in the running. A D-tackle? Yeah. A veteran guy. Uh, he's been in the league since 2012. So a rare instance in which the Browns go out and get somebody a little elderly. But he's 31. Did you say that? I did not. 31. Yep. So, I mean, and when I say elder, I'm 31. I know. So I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Don't ask me. So, you know, it's not like we didn't sign. He's in not, football terms, you old. Yeah. he. You know, he's not 40, though. I mean, we saw if you take care of your body, you can play. But in this guy... He's just he's played for Denver, Jacksonville, and then Philly, and everywhere he's been, he's been productive. Uh, he's been a good teammate. He's just he's an all around solid depth player. I think anybody who's a fan of the NFL, even a casual fan's got to at least recognize the name Malik Jackson. I mean, right. he's he's a playmaker. Yeah. Now, obviously, he was you know back days where he played for the Broncos and played for Jacksonville, he was really good. Yep. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl in 2017. Um, one thing that I kind of like to see is a familiar face. You know, he's played under Joe Woods before um, when Joe Woods was in Denver. Um, I think that this guy is just sliding in. You know, we lost uh, Ogan Joby. Free agency actually stayed in the division. I think I think he went to Cincinnati. Yeah, he did. So I, I think this is kind of a piece to help replace that. A good, you know rotational piece um, for the interior D-line, I think, is where this pick... um, Because you know we got Sheldon Richardson, and I think it kind of says a little bit that maybe picking this guy up front office wasn't too impressed with what Jordan Elliott did last year, you know, as being a third-round pick, kind of inconsistent at times, so... And Andrew Billings is going to come back from... He he opted out last year, so... Which I think is kind of like a secret thing that people have forgotten. That guy's supposed to be pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I did read this morning that he's primarily interior defensive line, but he can't play outside if he needs to. So I don't know, man, with, with Tack McKinley, see what we do in the draft. Maybe that other pass rusher on the edge is just going to kind of be a rotational. Let's get guys in there to, to offset what Miles is doing. You got I Gustin too. Porter Gustin's going to be Pretty back sure. next year. And yeah. we're going to talk about the draft, you know, in coming episodes, but I think that 26 pick to me is it's going edge rusher or it's going corner. To me, that's the only two options. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I just like I like this pickup. I think it gives us some depth on our defensive line that I think that we've – I mean, Sheldon Richardson can't be a never-down 
guy no. anymore. He's and getting up there. I know you said you wanted to blitz, but I think in a perfect world, the Browns should want to never have to blitz. Oh, I agree. Yeah. You know I, I mean? agree with that. So I just felt he, like at times. Us, last year, yes, we should have blitzed the house because we were giving up 30-yard pass plays every time anyways. Yeah. But in a perfect <laughs> world, if we can get pressure with just four down linemen and have seven drop every play, I mean, that's what the, the defenses that are very good, they pressure the quarterback without having to blitz. Yep. If you can get pressure with three or four guys, mm-hmm. you're going to be an elite defense. So just to keep adding – Good pass rushers, good D linemen to the team. You can't have enough of them. And if your corners and your safeties can cover, the quarterback eventually, you know, he's going to go through his reads. If there's nothing there, then Miles Garrett's getting home. Right. As far Somebody's as getting home. Pass pass rush grade, PFF had him at 72.8 which since 2018, which is 19th in the league. So we've got a top 20 defensive lineman here yeah. in pass rushing. So, so another good pickup, another, another hats good off. pickup. Hats off, guys. This is uh, a and, and one one trend that I like to that I'm seeing here is a lot of these guys are signed <clears> to these <throat> one year deals or you know two or whatever, but they're all in like the four million dollar range mm-hmm. per year mm-hmm. for players that could make some serious impact on our defense. I don't know. I'm just I'm very impressed with what the Browns have done so far in free agency. Oh, a hundred percent. To yeah. me. Um, even Colin Cowherd said the Browns are one of the best teams in free agency this year. And that guy doesn't give compliments to Cleveland on anything. So no, he likes Jimmy G better than Baker. Yeah, <laughs> and Sam Darnold. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the Browns. I, the Browns did sign a few more people and stuff like that, but we just want to focus on like the big ones. Um, yep. I do want to focus on a couple free agent signings we signed that were already in house. You know, some guys that we're bringing back. Obviously, the biggest one. We re-signed Rashard Higgins. Yeah. We had talked at length about what to do. We talked with Barry last week about should we, could we, can it work? <laughs> I think it, so, I don't know. I think it just depends. Obviously, Odell's going to be out for, for some, games. some games. Yep. I mean, maybe, what, a month? I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor or anything. I'm not a physician, so I don't know. But So, I think that helps there. I think they're going to run a lot of two wide receivers, more tight ends on the field than anything. So I, like, I like it. I know he's comfortable with Baker. I, I'm not like blown away though. Like I'm happy he's back with Cleveland, but I don't think the market was there, and that's, that's why. So two things tell me this: one, I think it was important we re-signed him because of Odell's going to miss probably the first yeah. month at least, and I don't want you know as impressed as we were with Peoples Jones. I don't want to be running He's a second year guy. Yeah, I don't want to be running my, you know, him and Jarvis out there as my two receivers. Mm-hmm. I, you know, much rather have Rashard out there because I'm not trying to start the season with no passing game, going one and four, and we're asking what's wrong with Baker and all this stuff. So to me, as an important signing, two it tells me he played the free agent market out there a little bit. He did not sign right away, and then he came back for us. So his market value, like Barry said, was not it was not very big. I don't know if he thought it was going to be very big or if he was just testing it, but I thought some teams like maybe even the Ravens, who yep. really need, you know, the Packers, you know, I thought something or a team like that who needed like a good complimentary receiver would, you know, throw a little bit of money at him, especially he didn't, his stats didn't pop off the page, but if you did any kind of scouting, you saw the dude just, he makes big catches. Yeah. Yeah. And for Richard Higgins, I, th- I think that he is a very good Cleveland Browns wide receiver. 
I don't know, like you said, this market probably wasn't there, so I don't know what he is on a different team because it, it's that Baker-Hollywood connection. It's like the Terrell Pryor thing. Yeah. He had a, yeah. You know, a great season for the Browns, then left. and his, Never heard from him again. Nope. He should have stayed a Brown. Should have, yeah. yeah. I, I was excited about bringing this guy back because, one of the, like Blake said, you know we're going to be without Dell for a little bit of time, and the relationship he has with Baker – I like having, you know, just that guy that when Odell's down, somebody else goes down, gets hurt, or we have to have that third guy on the field, you know, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about, you know, you had brought this new guy in, you're like, ah, you know, they just aren't on the same page. Those two, you know, can throw to each other in the dark. I mean, their connection there. And every time that we see Higgins on the field, we're always asking, like, man, how can we, I mean, this guy's open all the time. That, that's exactly, and that's, that's kind of what I was getting at with the Browns wide receiver, because I don't think on any other team can Rashard Higgins step in for a game or a series or whatever and run as your, your number one receiver. In right. Cleveland, not, he not can. Number one. Right. In no. Cleveland, though, he can. Right, yeah, no, I agree. I think his best fit for him, you know, was in Cleveland. Absolutely. Um, I think he I, kind of I, knows that, too. And I don't think well, that, yeah. that, I never thought that there was going to be, like, a big market out there for him now on a team. It was kind of going to come down to the fact of, oh, could he go to a, D-level team, oh, you know, okay. and be yeah. a number two type of guy and make four or five million a year because they just had to pay somebody who could catch the ball <laughs> type of a thing. He could have gotten that kind of contract. But do you really want to play on a team like that when you can come and play for, you know, you've already been here, you know the system, you love to be in here. The fans why not? Yeah, why not stay? Yep. Also, we, we talked about, you know, two wide receiver sets, all these linebackers. But by the end of the season last year, we had three wide receivers on the field yep. a lot. Yeah. You know, and I know some of the, the tight ends were banged up a little bit here and there, but Cardell Hodge and uh, then people Jones late. Yes. We had three <laughs> receivers on the field a lot of the times. Yep. So I, I think as the, as the offense evolved, as Baker got more comfortable in the offense and Stefanski became more comfortable with Baker in the offense, you definitely saw the playbook open up. So this, you know, this theory that Richard Higgins, we signed him and he might not ever get to play, to me – I think especially he's going to start the first month easily. And then I still see him being involved uh, involved way more than he was early this year before Odell went out. Because I, I, I think the offense, the playbook is about this thick. And I think those first five weeks we were using about this much the of it. The Spark Notes version. Yes. Yeah. So I just think, I think he's going to play an important role for the team. And it's good for the, the receiver room. They love him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he embodies this this Cleveland mentality, you know. We talked about Jarvis being that guy and Baker's adopted it and all these guys and and it's Hollywood. Man, he, he's a he's our dog. Yep. He's our dog. And, and you know Browns fans love him and he loves he proved it last year when he came back on a cheap deal. And then he he just did it again. I'm sure there might not have been huge offers, but I'm sure he had other one year you know 2 million dollar offers or Yeah, if he wanted to change the scenery, he Easily could have had it. Yes. So, again, he, you know, he came back to Cleveland. So, we're really happy to have him. Um, a surprise re-signing for me, JoJo Natson. I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought he'd be gone for sure. The only thing, I, the, the first thing I thought when I saw that we re-signed him was, we don't want Peoples-Jones returning punts and kicks anymore. Right, because now kick returning can go to JoJo Natson and uh, Dearness, Dearness Whatnot. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I, I think that does say something good for DPJ. Yeah, and I and I think that you know getting this guy 
Um, he's coming off an injury, obviously, from last year. I don't think that he's expecting a huge role. You know, it was kind of you're getting just a home run hitter type of a guy with flashy speed. He's insanely fast. Yeah. We so, didn't get to I see mean, him a lot last year, but the few times we saw him, yeah, he's he's crazy fast. Well, and if you think about it, we had to keep signing, you know, practice squad defensive backs all year long. We couldn't keep these returning you know, these specialists and things on the roster on the fifty three man because we had to keep you know, we had guys on injury reserve for, you know, three weeks here or six weeks there, but we had to so we had to keep them, but we had to keep bringing guys up from the practice squad or signing whoever. So I think if we can stay healthy, Jojo Nassen stays relevant. Yep. Yeah. He is so fast. Yeah, I remember special team signing here. Yep, I mean, yeah. I think that's that mm-hmm. was just the To me, like I said plan. when I saw it the just the first thing I thought was, Oh, like I didn't see that coming. Then I I just immediately thought, Well, DPJ is not gonna return punts and kicks anymore. Because DPJ showed that he's got some, he's got, he's some, got some serious wide receiver potential. Yes, and I, so I, you know, and if he continues to ascend like the way we saw him, you know, the last half of last season, you know, the Browns will have some interesting choices a couple of years down the road when some of these receiver contracts expire. Because do you do you re up those guys or is Peoples Jones ready to step into that role? You know who he kind of Donovan Peoples Jones kind of reminds me of is uh, Michael Gallup in. Dallas, Dallas, because I he he was you know I don't know what round he was drafted in, but he wasn't brought in to be like a number one guy. He was you know a supportive role, and then he's shown that he can step in and be a one if they need him. If you know Mark Cooper's down or whatever, so I, I could see Peoples Jones kind of taking that next big step to saying, "Wow, this guy, when you call on him, he's there." Yep. And then uh, so then last resigning I want to talk about Browns resigned Malcolm Smith. Yep, linebacker, and just this is another you know former Super Bowl MVP. He played well for the Browns last year. Just another good locker room guy. And I think we're trying to get a lot of leadership on that defense because, you know, there's a lot of young guys there that need to improve. And so we're just infusing that defense with veteran leadership to help bring those guys along. How nice is it to sit here and not talk about what quarterback we just signed in free agency <laughs> or what running back or, hey, we just signed Dwayne Bow or whatever. Dwayne Bow, <laughs> Right. I mean, Kenny Britt. Come on, Dante Stallworth. Yes, we threw money at, at some serious losers. I mean, we really did. And, and yep. it just never worked out. They weren't losers until they got to Cleveland. <laughs> right. And then yeah, they, then they made no, sure that dude, they, 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 came, came, they came here to get that last paycheck. Oh, and, that's and, what I mean. They yeah, were they, they were doing okay. Because they came yeah. here and they, they signed their, their check and they and then they checked out. I mean, yeah. if you look at those guys, Dante Stallworth, Dwayne Bow, um, who's the, Kenny Britt. Britt, those were all post-30 old, old yeah. guys. Yes. And had about five catches. Yeah, we're signing guys going into their prime. Yeah. Yes. Coming off their rookie deals on defense. We're not even, we don't even care about offense. That's how good we were last year. No, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, I I can't think of a single need, like high priority need on offense. You know, like Barry said last week, we could use, you know, some depth on the O-line and that kind of stuff. But as far as high priority need, I can't think of, and now with the free agency signings, you know, I'd like a corner and I'd like an edge rusher. We got seven rounds to figure that out. We only, you know, yeah. well, we're, by by round three or four, we're literally going to be picking just luxury pieces. Oh, let's see if this guy can make the team. Sure. Our O-line depth, though, I mean, you think we got Nick Harris from last year. He showed that, you know, he's competent. He can play. Yep. Who did we 
So signed, Chris, we signed. Well, so we got the Greg's not the only thing. With, yeah, Greg's not. Or I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Um, Chris Hubbard is probably going to be hurt because he had a, a knee injury or uh, I believe like he, a bad a bad yeah, it tear. Was a bad one. Yep. So I think that your depth there is not going to be available to be in here. Kendall Lamb just walked. So I mean, yep. I think there are some concerns. I wouldn't say like it's just a, a lock that it, the line's going to be great. But, I mean, if somebody goes down but, like they did all year last year. Yeah, but I, it's I, O-line depth, though. So we can still sign a guy or two. We can yeah. draft a high, you know, potential type of player. Just, you know, in the draft, you're always looking for players like, hey, this is a depth is, pick. Yeah, well, Enhance is still there, yeah. and he's still there. So, I mean, like, I'm... I'm just thinking there's no... There, when I look at the offense, there's nothing that jumps off the paper that goes, if we don't nice. sign that, yeah. we're, we're screwed. We're not going to do anything. That no, doesn't exist on this team. Right. And we're addressing the other side of the ball where there was a lot well, of bearing issues there. <clears throat> well, there might have been one kind of, you could say, on the offensive side of the ball that you weren't so happy with that we picked back up. A re-signing. A re-signed, a re-signed kicker, Cody Parkey. You weren't, oh, yeah. you weren't great. You weren't too happy. I know that's special teams, but yeah, it's still for, to deal he's with your score points. points right? Though, yeah. He's got to score mm-hmm. points offensively. So, so here's the thing about Cody Parkey. <laughs> he had, you know, he had the, the Ravens game, which was terrible. But for the most part last year, he made the kicks when we needed him to. But I just don't have any confidence in him. You know, like, and I want to be able to attempt a 50 yard field goal. <laughs> you know, I don't want sure my coach, nice. I don't want to have, I don't want it to be fourth and seven from, you know, the 38. And my coach has, well, do I kick the, the field goal that every other kicker in the league can make? Or <laughs> do I have to go for it here? Because, you know, I want to be able to just say, okay, let's go get the three. Or, you know, what if it's late game situation and, you know, we need that field goal from the 38, but Stefanski's got no confidence to send him out there from that distance. Now, and no way does this show, I mean, obviously you brought him in, you're, you're bringing in a guy that you know that can start for you, right? And Parky, you know what you're going to get with him. You, you bring him back in. Now, Barry last week, for anybody that listened to the episode last week, he was really high on that Matt McCrane that we have you know, just sitting on the practice squad. So uh, I don't know if that means that, hey, we got this competition. Who's going to get the spot, you know, going into the year? Um, but at least you know kind of based off last season what you're getting with Parky is you're getting a reliable kicker from like 45 and in um, that really didn't do a bad job. I mean, we were, I mean, us four in our text group, we were celebrating, like, made an extra point. He's three for three today on extra points. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you, you know, you he, at least, every he, he <laughs> at least gave us that, <laughs> you know, in a sense that we didn't have to, in years past, we were like, well, hopefully we make this one so we only have to go for two once today <laughs> type of a feeling. I just I just want somebody that I have confidence in, I guess. You just want Phil Dawson. He well, just want he wants a Matt Prater out there setting records, you know, yeah. attempting 63 so yards. What I'm really hoping is that everything's cool this year and we can we're able to go up to a training camp session. That'd be awesome. That'd be sweet. I, I keep forgetting. Have any of you guys been to training camp I have. before? You have. I've literally I've been, never like been up okay. there. feet it's, from Greg Little, and he was dropping balls in training camp also. <laughs> Dude, that's how I thought about David and Joku. Oh, hey, <laughs> no, seriously, cool. like, if we go to training camp, I mean, one thing that we will get to see is we're going to see these guys out here kicking. So you'll see Parky kicking from every angle, every length, and how consistent he can be versus this Matt McCrane, and they'll probably have one or two other. They always trot out oh, yeah, a, they'll bring know, a handful yeah. of kickers out there, so. Yeah, oh. so and, and we didn't have to spend, you know, we didn't have to break 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 the bank to go and get 
Parky back either. You know, some yeah. of the, you know, if we were going to go out and like Matt Prater, I think is still a free agent. We were going to go out and get him or a coup. You were going to, you were going to spend, yeah. you know, I think $5 Prater million, signed. $6 million. Dollars. So I get that you don't want to spend a ton of money on a Arizona, kicker, especially okay. with, um, especially with, you know, some of the people we're going to have to pay down the road, but with all the talent on offense and all the talent we're putting on defense, I don't want to lose games because of the kicking game. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I that'll I make it. me want to say words only for our Patreon coming soon. That's right. a nice plug. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's all right. We'll let everybody know. We'll have potentially some announcements coming here in yeah. the next show or two. Uh I, some I, exclusive content we're thinking about developing for uh all of our loyal listeners out there that we are so thankful for. Yeah. I I don't want to lose games with this roster because the kicker can't make a kick because he went one for four on field goals or extra points. So do I do I have five million to spend? No, but you know, somebody does. Jimmy has him Jimmy has extra five million. He's got that money. So if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Yeah, and like I, I didn't know Prater signed with Arizona. I mean, ever since JJ went there, they've been slowly bringing some more players in. Tons there, of old so. guys. Ah, uh, we'll see. AJ Green. I mean, they 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 have the potential to be good, or they have the potential to be dog crap. Arizona, so, yeah, I'm going to go on the dog crap side. <laughs> I think they'll be, I think they'll be pretty competitive. good. I think they'll be good. I, I see them like a eight, nine win team next year. I don't see them winning like three games. They're not making the playoffs. Not out of that division. That division's tough. That division is be interesting. I'm excited for football. Yeah. Oh, talking about this today has got. Oh. I'm like, okay, when are we playing? When are we playing? I I'm mean, like, right. oh, it's March. I yeah. came in today's right. episode. It, Tack McKinley was not somebody I was super pumped to talk about, and I we talked him up so much. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I can't wait to see Tack McKinley play this year. Right. So, but those are, you know, and then one last thing I want to throw in is we, uh, Jokey's going to be on the team. I know, you know, he yeah. was on the the roster the day the new year started, so his money's guaranteed. So we got at least that one. That fifth year option. Yeah, yeah. So we got at least one more year of David Njoku. Um, but I think that pretty much wraps up, you know, first week of free agency for the Browns. We'll see if we do anything this week. I don't look for us to be, you know, maybe, maybe we throw in some extra depth pieces, but. I don't look for us to make any more splash moves. I think we're kind of gearing up for the draft. Uh, but we want to thank you for checking out another episode of The Dogs. Uh, we're super excited for the Browns for agency class. We can't wait to see how we fill this roster outcome draft time. Uh, before we get out of here, remember to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please subscribe on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. Uh, lastly, don't forget to head to manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, you have a couple more weeks to pick up your lawnmower 3.0 or perfect package 3.0 with promo code dogs, D-A-W-G-S. And one more reminder, if you want to get an intro or your thoughts on the show, head to the dogspodcast.com, drop us a voicemail or an intro, and we'll get it on the show. And we will see you guys all next week. Yeah.